0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with me, the Matt Chatter Ryan MK, and as always, by my side, the salary captain, the March Heron, the one and only Aaron Stewart. Check him out on Twitter at AARonStew09. Buddy, what's up? How we doing tonight?
1: Oh, we're doing good, man. We're doing good. Everyone hates Mondays, but you, me, the Dynasty Wonderland, we love Mondays. We get to record. We get to talk football. Sometimes we have guests on, like we have a guest on tonight. Want to bring them on? Yes,
0: And, and so everyone knows, our guest tonight is a bit of a betting aficionado, going a little outside of the box here on the Wonderland Pod. But dude's all over the place. Gridiron experts, betting pros, make sure to check out his stuff. He's on Twitter @mjwags, mjwags is how I'm going to say. 23 mjwags 23 on the Twitter. Mike Wagenman, hope I said that right. Welcome to the Dynasty Wonderland, my friend.
2: Nailed it. I think that was the first intro where someone pronounced my last name correctly, Oh, excellent. my Twitter handle correctly, and got all of my bylines in one full intro. Beautiful beautiful that was wonderful you're patting yourself on the back and it's well deserved
0: (laughs) thank you thank you appreciate it and we're 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 especially happy to well i'm especially happy to have you here because uh you as myself bit of a puckhead, saw that you're a bit of a devil's fan i like one of my favorite espn commercials of all time is the one where the dude's on the elevator and then he it opens and he sees the new jersey devil's mascot and he's like going up and he's like nope and he's nope. Like, okay I'm, get, I'm i'm not getting on this fucking elevator so great <laughs> commercial devils good stuff um i'm an abs fan obviously had to wear the shirt tonight but talk some puck with me for just a quick sec devils fan how you feeling about your team bro and just nhl overall we got another new team the Kraken. give me some stuff
2: first of all i looked at the calendar today five weeks until camp can't believe it Feel, feels like the cup just ended so excited I know. Secondly, as far as the Devils are concerned, I don't think so. From a realistic perspective, I don't think this offseason could have possibly gone better if you just put yourself in the mindset of what you can expect from a team from New Jersey. We're not signing anybody big, but hey, we (laughs) signed Dougie Hamilton. How about that? All right. Dougie Hamilton, the biggest fish in the pond. We signed it. All right. We signed Thomas Tatar. Finally got someone who could put the puck in the net. Still a ton of holes on the roster. Still in the hardest division in the NHL. Still don't think they're a playoff team, but we're moving in the right direction.
0: And I love it. There you go. I, I'm, I won't say I'm overly fond of what the ABS did. I feel like I did, they should have done a little more. And really, I'm just it, – maybe it's just bitter disappointment after what happened. I thought we were, for, we were for sure going to the finals last year in the play. I'm like, this is the year. They are just – they're fucking – and then Knights, Knights are a tough team, and uh, that's the one team we really were battling with, and they ended up getting us, and it's just – And just so far this offseason, I'm not not seeing how we got better, but maybe I'm missing it. We'll see how they they always seem to play well, no matter what happens. So,
2: when you have two, I mean, you have what three of the top 10 players in the NHL? McCarr, McKinnon.
0: That's my boy. I love KO McCarr.
2: Me too. Me too. (laughs) Um, But I think they got, I think they got out toughed. Is that a word? I think they got beat up a little bit by the Knights. Exactly. Yep. And I don't think they got any tougher this offseason. And they also lost their goaltender. So I do think it's a step back. But when you have such talent, you're pretty much you, – your ticket's already punched to the postseason. It's all about right. kind of taking that next step now.
0: You know, you, you make a good point without Tuft, if that's how you put it. Because I've seen – I spent some time living in Iowa, latched onto the wild a little bit, had to root for them as well. And I, I kind of liked, like, when they picked up Parisi – from after he left New Jersey and Suter I kind of like but they had some teams man that were really good but then they'd run up against you know a rough and tough team in the playoffs and get smoked their speed and skill and all that went out the window cuz they were just getting jacked up all over the ice and and so I see exactly what you mean because I saw a little bit of that last year against the Knights like this kind of reminds me of that where the Wild were kind of getting pushed around and and out of their game and so We'll see what adjustments they make. Um, but yeah, I, we'll, we'll make it to the playoffs. It's just where we go from there. So we'll, we'll see. And I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. To, Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, I was going to say, you've got it better than most. We're still fighting to you know for relevance and you, you've already got That's your ticket punch to the postseason. So sorry to cut That's you off. True. Go on. My apologies. That's
0: very true. And I'll also be interested to see what the Seattle Kraken does because – they put together a pretty solid team, as the Knights did. We'll see if they can repeat their kind of success.
2: I like what they did on defense. I do think they might they're struggle loaded. a little bit. to score. They're <laughs> loaded on defense. And I do like that they signed Jaden uh, Schwartz. I think they overpaid for him a little, but they needed him. Um, oh, yeah. But I do think – I think they're in a very, very weak division. You know, they're with the Canucks and a bunch of teams out west. Um, I really think they're going to have to screw up pretty badly to at least not be playing like meaningful hockey late in the season. Um, but I really do think they're going to into the playoffs. I just don't think they're going to make a run like the Knights because I think the Knights picked up a lot of guys who could put the puck in the net, and I don't really see that from Seattle. I do see them keeping the puck out of the net, not so much mm. putting it in.
0: For sure. And I with the Knights, I, I couldn't believe the wild let Tuck go. I was <laughs> I was oh. so shocked. I was like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" And he's one of their top guys. He's a, I really like him.
2: But um, yeah, he's a beast.
0: Yeah, but at, in the words almost of Val Kilmer's portrayal of Doc Holiday, why Aaron? Why I forgot you were there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and, and I gotta say, I one of the things I've I've enjoyed about hockey is so I'm in Texas, uh, obviously hockey and not so big around here because it's hot as hell all the time but <laughs> i have been to a couple of allen american games and i want to say correct me if i'm wrong on this i think hockey is kind of like baseball there's like some minor league systems right mm-hmm. and when i say allen americans they're one of the minor league teams for nhl but i don't think it's for the dallas stars i think it's one of those weird things like they they may be i want to say Phoenix or are they Phoenix or they're now Arizona, aren't they? They used to be yeah. Phoenix Coyotes, but uh, are they now Arizona coyotes? Yep. They
2: are now the Arizona Coyotes. Okay.
1: And and I I liked the it's a smaller venue and yeah. you just no matter where you sit, you feel close to the ice. It was just so much fun. Like I I didn't know much of what was going on, but you know what? The two games I went to, they won. It was a fun time and i've been to a stars game so i've gotten the big venue feel but to me i really i like the smaller i, I like the smaller venues more i just felt more a bigger part of the crowd you know just doing the doing the chance kind of learn those pretty easily
2: <laughs> yeah, i mean if you're not like a diehard fan why not get as close as you possibly can to the ice right
1: <laughs> exactly exactly so it's one i think it's just more of where i'm at down here in the south it it's never really advertised much for dallas stars i can't tell you if they're good or bad i think they had a good season not this past season but the year before two two years ago yeah yeah like they they're good and the thing about the dallas area with all of its sports teams is that for the most part fan bases are pretty fair weathered if they're good (laughs) they're gonna they'll sell out the stadiums if they're bad no one's going to the games uh and Besides Cowboys, there really isn't a Dallas team that 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 I kind of claim as my own, and the Cowboys is kind of <sighs> chosen, forced. Like, I, if I could go back in time, like it's just what I've grown up with. So, I'm not even a really good Dallas fan to begin
2: with. <laughs> <laughs> At least you admit it.
1: Yeah, like without without fantasy football, I probably wouldn't care about the NFL. (laughs) Yeah, the Cowboys have always sucked. That's how I'm able to turn this from hockey back to back to football. There you go. But who knows? You know, with hockey, I'm always open to to getting into a sport on that. But it's just here in the South, it's just not really advertised ever. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, trust me. Go, Go ahead.
2: No, from our perspective, we are the fourth of four teams around here. It's the Rangers, the Flyers, <laughs> the Islanders, Stop. and then the Devils. So you might not, it, you, it might be kind of under a rock down there, but here we just get stepped on the <laughs> whole way, the whole season. It's just like the Devils are on MSG is the channel, Madison Square Garden, MSG Plus 2. They're not on MSG. They're not on MSG One. They're not on MSG HD. They're not on MSG Plus. They're on MSG Plus <laughs> 2. <Okay>.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: For me that personally, makes me want to be a fan of them <laughs> uh, yeah for me personally i'll take the devils out of all those teams like fuck the flyers the range i i don't necessarily hate the islanders but give me the devils all day in the in that area
2: so and that's what i love i love that like we get that sort of like little brother treatment where everybody's like i feel bad for him i'll root for him
0: <laughs> i just really don't like the rangers or the flyers to be no. honest
2: no. No, nah. nobody but Rangers and Flyers fans like the Rangers and Flyers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. This is true. Okay. So we'll go, go ahead and move on to the foosball, the football. We got a little bit of news, maybe some random preseason thoughts. The preseason is underway, giving us a little bit more to talk about. But it also brings injuries, training camp, preseason. Here we go. Rashad Bateman, out till September. Elijah Moore is injured. Avoided a serious injury, however, per Doug Kayid. I think I said that right. Also, not concerning Darren Waller's injury. So some injury stuff going on here. Another MRI for Dak. That's a weird fucking thing. We can get that into that in a second. But you got a couple of rookies and, and Darren Waller. What's going on with the injuries? Are we worried? I mean, obviously Bateman's going to be on the shelf for a little bit. I'm personally worried about that. I strongly felt Baltimore was going to step up the passing game this year. I was excited to see it, and you, you got to figure he's out till September. Then he's got to get back in the swing of things. They're probably going to have him on account when he gets it. That I mean, this this is almost almost a lost year for bateman for fantasy purposes in my eyes so it that's a real stinker but what are your guys' thoughts on some of the injury stuff as a whole mike go ahead
2: oh start with me i love it um so (laughs) uh, the first one that jumped out at me was elijah moore um you touched on the rookie part losing reps in camp right now is critical for rookies, but the one thing with Moore's situation that isn't the same with Bateman's situation is he's also got a rookie quarterback. So it's going to stunt the growth of someone other than himself, someone the team invested highly in because he's second overall pick. Um, and he sort of pushed Denzel Mims down the depth chart, and Denzel Mims was the sixth wide receiver to check into the game against the Giants last week. I don't know why Who's second-round pick last year. But with more still out, this should be Mims' opportunity to step up, and he hasn't. So I think it's just sort of creating a whole sort of tornado around the Jets, which they do not need. Um, they need Zach Wilson to kind of figure it out with the guy they drafted to be his number one guy. Um, and this is, this, this is just really valuable time, especially with one fewer preseason game, that they are missing together. Um, not that the Jets had, Jets had high aspirations this year, but it's still critical for, for their growth, and they're just kind of missing really crucial time
1: and then i'll take the the dallas cowboys here of course being the cowboys fan this is super freaking weird okay like you don't just get an mri like you you get an mri if you need an mri and then of course the dallas cowboys twitter went oh it's it's fine it's good like damage control pr there super strange with that like i I'm absolutely fading Dak Prescott in, in drafts I got going on. Like I, I have it like color coded, like you know, so I know not to draft this guy, like have him there. So I know roughly where he should be going, but no, like this, whatever they said about the MRI is just BS. It, it doesn't, that's not how MRIs work. Uh, one thing I do want to add on the jet side is like a player that admittedly I'm not super high on, but based of, Based off all the news with Elijah Morris, you now have to you have to buy Corey Davis. Like, there's going to be a receiver one there.
0: It's the only dude Wilson targeted in the preseason game, yep. if, right. I, if I remember was, right. Exactly.
1: exactly. He had the
2: third most targets of any wide out in week one of the preseason or something, something yeah. very close to that.
1: And and quite frankly, he's, he's healthy. Uh, the Denzel Mims story just keeps taking turns because apparently there was – food poisoning lost 20 pounds so that's just
0: yeah, yeah apparently got sick lost a bunch of weight and then now yeah. he, he was doing some first re- team reps maybe that was after Moore got hurt um yeah. so yeah it's all weird because yeah I was big on Mims too so it was weird to see him so far down and you figure okay maybe the sickness and stuff accounts for some of it but it, it, you would think it, you know they get him right in there to be much do much more if he was uh uh if they were that high on him before the sickness so that's right. worrisome you got more and 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 mike like mike pointed out like part of the appeal looking at zach wilson was like okay he's got some tools but he's also got some weapons now the weapons what's you know we got some issues there so a yeah. little bit concerning and definitely i'm with you on dallas man like it's freaky I was big on Dallas this year. (laughs) And if I remember right, the second MRI he's had on that. So it's like, Mm -hmm. what is going on here? And they act, everything's all peachy keen, like you said, but I'm, I'm a
1: little bit worried. (laughs) Right. And and I'm not a medical expert. I'm far from it. Uh, I, for, for transparency, for people, what I do for my, for, to make money from a day job is I do work inside an imaging center. I do IT work, but like, you get an MRI if you're looking for something. So they, you're right. Like a second MRI, what are they looking for? What could they not find before? So super weird. And then just briefly on Baltimore, like not only, not only is it Rashad Bateman, but Marquise Brown's injured. And then Sammy Watkins, of course, got, got injured recently too. So it's just, oh my gosh, like the process was right for Baltimore in the offseason. Let's get our former, uh, sorry, MVP quarterback some weapons to throw the ball to and then they've all gotten hurt before a single game's happened so yuck
2: (laughs) yeah yuck is right and 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 it also hurts uh, from the Baltimore perspective that that division is loaded
1: yeah
2: Cleveland is good Pittsburgh might not be as good but Pittsburgh is still Pittsburgh I still think they can make some noise I don't think Cincinnati is very good, but I do think Cincinnati's team that could play spoiler at some points. They're going to have they're going to be able to score some points as long as they get their offensive line sorted out. So it's really not a good year to be a team who's sort of like in flux. And I don't think they're in flux, but I think these injuries are sort of just setting them back a little. It's just a really tough division for this to be happening in. Right.
0: Browns baby, Browns baby. So, I, I'm all over them. It, it just worries me because lots of other people are. That's the only thing that worries me. But this one's for Bateman. I know, Rashad Bateman. Okay. So, the Indianapolis Colts, Ballad and Reich, extended to 2026. Um, I like this because I like these guys, but I also want to see them do something. And to me, this is the quarterback situation. I thought last year with Rivers was fine. I didn't know what the fuck they were doing going with Carson Wentz this year, but okay, worked with Frank Reich. All right, let's see what happens there. Boom, injured Surprise. So what do they do? Are they, this looks like they're set up. Hey, we're going to go get a rookie quarterback next year. And there you go. And so everything's kind of tied together. That's kind of what it says to me. I don't know enough to know that that says to me, they're going to be there and they're probably going after a young guy next year and we'll see what they do after that. But this is going to, you know, as we've talked about Aaron on pre the past couple of pods with everything going on with the Colts, they're kind of, I mean, they might be just a little like there this year, you know? (laughs) So Mike, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think this is, like a move it was long 2026 is five years away so I was like what have they done I'm not saying they haven't earned extensions but what have they done to earn five year extensions and I think I landed on exactly what you did is this is setting them up to now take their quarterback of the future build their team this is your chance to build the Indianapolis Colts you've got this much time to do it um, go ahead and do it um, I'm actually sort of like down on the Colts this year I was down on the Colts when Wentz was here and now I'm even more down on the Colts now that Wentz is kind of questionable Um he like his prognosis has been a little bit more positive i guess they're kind of leaning towards closer to that five, the five than that ridiculous 12-week timeline i've never seen a five 12-week timeline in my life and may have two of them um but yeah i, I just don't I, I don't really trust what's going on under center it's the most important position on the field and your quarterback you just traded for can't stay healthy you haven't replaced him yet and your only options are sam ellinger and jacob eason um i took them under 10 wins before Wentz got hurt and now they're under nine I uh, mean now they're at nine and I took them again at under nine wins. So hopefully, hopefully my prognosis is correct because I just don't, I don't know. But like I said, I I totally agree with the fact that this just screams to me, we're taking a quarterback next year and if not next year in the following year. Mm -hmm. And in turn, that screams to me, we're probably not going to win as many games as other people think.
1: Right. I I actually am pretty positive on on the extension for both guys because the situation the situation with Ballard and, and Wright is they've been dealt such a raw hand. And, and it all stems back from Andrew Luck's like surprise retirement during the preseason from two two, two seasons ago. I, I mean if Andrew Luck doesn't retire in the middle of his prime, my goodness, that the Colts team that made the playoffs last year with Phillip Rivers in his last season, like that that this Colts team would be one of the Super Bowl contenders there. Chris Ballard's done an excellent job of being able to get value. Does he nail every draft pick? No, there's there's quite a few misses in the second round, but he does tend to target the right positions. He's always going defensive line. think <laughs> like there's so many second round defensive linemen there, and and when he needs some uh, a big baddie in the middle there, he goes and trades first round pick for DeForest Buckner. Like Chris Ballard is, like the he'll get these guys. He'll find some guys off. Of, off like taxi squad or something like that and develop them and and that goes hand in hand with frank Bright too it's like the the coaching staff has done an excellent job of kind of steering the ship there i mean how many how many teams can lose their starting quarterback in that andrew luck situation uh from from two years ago and still be relatively competitive there with jacoby verset <laughs> and then you, you know the the qb situation it's it's rough but it's like they the Philip Rivers was just a stopgap. They've been trying to. There was never a long term plan because it was like, oh, we've got Andrew Luck in his early 30s. We should be fine to have him, you know, for at least three years before you're even thinking and thinking about developing a guy. So it's just been raw deal after raw deal at the QB position. And right, like you don't solve the QB position, then you really can't go far. That's how you get beat first round in the playoffs there. But that's that's not really on Ballard. I mean, who who the heck could have predicted the Andrew Luck retirement? And I think he's done such a great job of being able to not only get, get the talent there, but like, he has a clear plan. And, and I, I feel like every time we have a podcast, I always go, go listen to the decision point podcast over on Roto -Roto Underworld with the non Dury, but he actually does talk about the Colts there. And you, you got Chris Ballard that, he's rolling over $30 million uh, to, to next year's salary cap. And then the salary cap may spike up and he's, he's always getting the team competitive to compete now. Like even, you know, let's, let's say that Carson Wentz, he comes back maybe in the middle of that. So let's say maybe week four or so. If Wentz can be just decent and just not screw things up, which in Philadelphia, that team was just crumbling around him and, and you know what? Not every quarterback can be a Mahomes, homes to be a Josh Allen can like elevate the talent around him. Some guys have got to have the team built around them. Um, and and with Carson Wentz, I feel like if he's got the stability there, he got solid offensive line, knock on wood, hopefully get Quentin Nelson healthy and everything. Like Wentz can he could steer the ship. He, he absolutely can. They'll be competitive. It's I could see him bouncing back. I, I will also say I'm with you guys when it comes to drafts and fading players left to right with the Colts. Like, uh, which receiver are you going to take? No way. Like, Michael Pittman? Uh, I don't feel so good about that. <laughs> but the five-year extension, I think it's more of not, not so much like last season and, oh, they made it to the playoffs, got knocked out the first round, but like each year they've gotten better and better, and that stability goes a long way. The organizations, the teams that, that are always – making the playoffs year in, year out, teams like Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and, and what I expect for like Cleveland, it's it's stability. And so handing a five-year contract there, that's gonna make it a lot easier for like free agents to come in. It's like cool. Our coach is locked up. He's not a lame duck coach. The GM's gonna be there. Makes sense if if you're a fan of the Colts, I think you're ecstatic about that because <laughs> the GM before Chris Ballard, oh what was the guy's name? Orion Grigson? Br- oh he was super super bad but admittedly, I'm a little biased here. Chris Ballard is absolutely my favorite GM in in the NFL. Oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> you, you, you ask his often. <laughs> it's, okay. I, I just, it's okay. I'm not going to be a Cowboys fan anymore. Colts are like close to Cowboys. <laughs> I'm just going to be a Colts fan. There
2: you go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't really do root for any team in the NFL, just players. But I this year, I'm going to be rooting for the Browns a little bit. I'm going to be rooting for them. Um, okay, Saints, Sean Payton, Michael Thomas, quickly. Productive meeting per Charles Robinson. Anybody care?
2: Has football started until Michael
0: Thomas is angry at the Saints?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, this sounds wanna- like there's some
0: drama there.
1: yeah all i think of oh sorry go go on
2: mike (laughs) no i i said yeah i mean i saw a video on twitter someone posted it and was like michael thomas doesn't look like someone who's angry at the saints he's catching passes on the sidelines with his receiver gloves on just like i'm not connecting the dots there i i I don't know (laughs) if he's mad or not but i don't know how that validates one side of the argument
1: i also saw a video on twitter that wasn't related to michael thomas but it was a It was the fight at the Rams game. And what I think of, I'm going to tie this into the Sean Payton and uh, Michael Thomas meeting is like right as these sides are kind of cooling off a little bit. There comes the overweight woman throwing the Coke and it's going to hit Michael Thomas and then all hell's going to break loose because that's that's just what happens at this point. Everyone, everyone knows you, you, me, the the person at the grocery store, like they, they know that Michael Thomas and Sean Payton have had words and you're just waiting. Someone, the media is not going to let this go. It's going to be a story all season. And like, someone's going to just add fuel to the fire and, and winning fixes a lot of problems. Like new Orleans has been winning a lot of games for a long time, but now you no know, breeze. They, they don't have a quarterback. If you have a quarterback competition, you don't have a quarterback. And if you don't have a quarterback, we just talked about with the Colts, hard to win games. So No QB, they start losing games, and then all of a sudden, Michael Thomas can be like, oh, yeah, I don't really like it here. I I think it was clear he didn't like it here when he waited so long to get the surgery. Like, that was super weird. Like, that's not an action of a person that wants to play football for the Saints.
0: And he's another guy that's going to be hurt for a while, and then he's got to come back, get back into it, blah, blah, blah. And uh, meanwhile – I think Marquez Callaway is going to be kicking some ass while MT is gone. Uh, so, hmm, we'll see what it looks like when he gets back. Okay. Now, any preseason takeaways? We got to see a little bit of the rookie QBs. Any other any thoughts on what we saw? I know it's preseason week one, but Mike, Mike, did you see anything that grabbed you?
2: Trey Lance is one thing. Um, I feel like a lot of people aren't shining any light on him because he was four f- five for fourteen passing. It's uh-huh. preseason.
0: Yeah, he had that one big play that everybody was in awe of. The 80-yard bomb. But he was otherwise, otherwise struggled.
2: Yeah, otherwise struggled. I thought I still thought he looked smooth. I thought he looked confident. I just didn't think he looked overly ready because he played one game in the past two years. Um, I am hugely high on Trey Lance. I think he's got all the tools. Too. Um I think he's got the offense around him. I think he's got the coach in place. I think he's got the team. I love him. I, I wish five for fourteen wasn't his stat line, but I right? still think <laughs> I still think he looked confident enough. I think his arm strength was there. I think his. I've been watching his videos that have been posted in practice. He's dropping balls in the bucket from forty yards out. I'm, i I'm I'm so high on this kid. It's unbelievable. I don't know how the Jets passed on him and took Zach Wilson. I'm not gonna get into that, but. Um, Trey Lance is just my guy. I, I love that kid. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see him work in the next two games, and I'm really excited to see him start week one, plus 225 on DraftKings.
1: Aaron. Uh, for me, I love Trey Lance. I mean, that ADR bomb is all I need to see because people forget it's – he really – last season, he played, what, half a game? like If that. <laughs> if that. like yeah. So, it's – this was his first game in – well over a year really so you know seeing that 80 yard pass I was like that's all I, that's all I really need to see yes I would I'm with everyone here i like I wish it was better but I'm like holy crap like this if if they can continue to prepare him and they will they will the Shanahan offense there don't coach him up I'm like yeah that that upside is real I'm excited I know it's a preseason play but I saw that I was like how many how many quarterbacks can do that? I, I don't know, yeah. but the, the other one too, the, the, the one pick Trevor Lawrence, but I thought his, his performance was solid too. Cause whereas some of these, some of these rookie quarterbacks are going up, going up against backups, uh, Trevor Lawrence went out with the once and it, it, that was encouraging sign to see him be pretty accurate with the ball there um and anytime he connected with chennault oh i was excited oh i'm excited for the future i got them both in the dynasty league i am excited for that combo for many years to come but the fact that he was out there with the ones and making plays and and looking confident there, still some rookie stuff but like all these rookies i think overall they all seem to be pretty solid there wasn't one where i went oh boy uh. <laughs> yeah i'd have
0: to agree um I was also looking at second-year players. I'm a huge fan of second-year players. When I'm in a dynasty startup draft, I look a lot at second-year players. And uh, I just really enjoyed seeing Quez Watkins just take off for that fucking touchdown. I just really liked that. I I liked him and Hightower last year, and I I was a little disappointed to not see one of them do more. And just to see that gave me a smile. So that's all I got to say, other than what you fellas said. Um, So yes. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and get into this man's specialty, some betting chatter. That's right. I want to hear some more about I I got to hear some more of what Mike has to say. So quick break and we'll be right back. are back and Aaron and I well we are here to gain knowledge as should all of you be here for this because we are no aficionados when it comes to betting or anything like that we know the dynasty stuff and a few other fantasy things hence dynasty wonderland this man the man the myth the mike this dude knows his shit so aaron and i well we become sponges i love a sponge bob you see a spongy like a sponge bob and we soak yes we soak yes we soak up the information and that's what we're here for tonight so gridiron experts mention the podcast which features one of these fellas occasionally you've got player and team future bets then mike is on on gridiron experts check that out This is going to be a fountain of knowledge here, folks, so pay attention. We begin with the Denver Broncos. Upgraded secondary. Von Miller, Cortland Sutton have returned. Great offensive weapons. The over-under is 8.5 wins. Well, assuming this is due to the QB situation, and if so, exactly how much does something like that, the QB situation, Uh, uh, impact win totals mike a lot it's
2: the most important factor in a win total in my opinion um so last year patrick mahomes was worth close to five wins patrick mahomes is patrick mahomes patrick mahomes is not Drew lock it's not sure teddy bridgewater so that's you know the top of the scale that's something that's not really reached by anybody else guys like brady Allen, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, those guys are worth three, three and a half, four wins, sometimes close to four and a half wins if they have sort of like an Aaron Rodgers-esque 40 touchdown three interception season. Okay, But then when you get around sort of the mid high to mid twenties around like the Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold area of the quarterback rankings, that's when you start to get towards your league average quarterback. So if you were to take the most average quarterback you could possibly build in Madden and switch him with Daniel Jones. Would the Giants be any better or worse? Probably not. They would Bryce will be, in my opinion, a five, six-man team, my New York Giants. Um, and then when you drop down even further, some of the rookies who might not have been first-round picks, some of the replacement-level guys, such as, as we're about to talk about, Drew Locke, those guys are worth technically negative wins. So if you were to take an, an, an NFL average quarterback and swap him in for Drew Locke, My my assumption and most assumptions around the betting world, the Broncos would be a little bit better. So actually, in my opinion, they're a better team with Teddy Bridgewater than they are Drew Locke. But for the sake of the franchise, Drew Locke should and probably will be the starter because you want to see what you have with him. You invested a second round pick in him, et cetera. So um, on that, that's the key pillar of why I like the under here, aside from the fact that it's plus money. Um, It's plus 110 right now. Um, But the fact that Drew Locke is probably going to start, I think he has a negative impact on the Broncos' win total, and I do like them under mostly because of that. Um, The offensive line is not very good. I know they improved a little bit. They finished 25th in PFF last year. Um, Mm. Their preseason ranking is 21st. Yes, it's a jump up, but they're also still in the bottom third of the league. So you have all these great weapons you mentioned. They have Javante Williams. They have Cortland Sutton. They have Jerry Judy. They have all these guys they can throw the ball to. No Fant. But it's tough to get them the ball when there's someone who's below average throwing it and then five guys in front of him who grade out below average protecting him. It's just, it's not, to me, it's not an equation that really works out. Um, and then the third factor is that division. That division in my opinion is very brutal. The chiefs are it's 17, you know, with 17 games. Now the chiefs are a, lot, a 12 win team easily, probably 13, maybe 14. I'm high on the chargers. I think the chargers are at least a nine, probably 10, even 11 win team. Um, and I think, the Raiders are probably one of the best last place finishing teams in the NFL. I don't think they're very good, but I do think – I don't think they're as bad as teams that might finish third and fourth in other divisions like the Eagles and Giants, for example. Um, so, yeah, I think that's just a brutal division. I just don't see them ha- – winning nine games means they, they're posting a winning record, and to me there's no room for three teams with a winning record in that division. So, at plus money, I'm taking that under.
0: Seems
1: simple and logical.
2: <laughs> hey. It-
1: and, and while we're all here learning something too, for for people that are listening that may not be familiar with with betting, you know, you mentioned the plus one ten. Yeah, I do a little bit of betting here, but I want you to kind of explain to to the listeners there what what exactly does that mean? Like when you're placing a bet, you're talking about tr- uh, going for the plus money there.
2: Yeah. So what I normally, if you check out my articles, I'll usually refer to a unit as hundred dollars, just because it's round number. Now, if you're If you'd like to bet more than that, feel free. If you like to bet less than that, feel free. It's whatever you're comfortable with. But $100 is just a nice round number where we can calculate our profits week to week and not have to go through the nitty gritty. So plus 110 means if you put $100 down, you're going to profit $110. You'll get your $100 investment back and you'll make $110. Conversely, if it was a minus 110 bet, you'd be placing $110 to profit 100. So it's just sort of inverted. And in every scenario, you're obviously getting your initial deposit your initial wage are back. It's just the money you're making on top of that. So I guess if you want to dive, just take another example. If someone was plus two, if a team was plus 250 for whatever the bet is, you put $100 down, that bet hits, you win $250 on top of the $100 you're getting back.
1: Perfect. Because I know that was something that confused the heck out of me when I was trying to learn this. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, the underdog is positive point. Oh, it hurts my brain. But once... Yeah. I think it may have been you on another podcast that you and I did um, where you explained it. I was like, that makes sense. That analogy is perfect. So anyone listening that may not know much about like really any type of betting there. Thank you Mike for kind of clearing up that confusion of underdogs and being plus (laughs) hundred
2: percent. And what you can do is you can go into any betting app, DraftKings FanDuel, or any of those things and type, take a, take a bet. Don't log in pick whatever bet you want and type in the amount that you want to bet. And it will calculate for you before you place the bet Before you even log in. So you're not tied to anything and you can do the calculations sort of yourself, map out, you know, how much you're spending and how much you're you're looking to make.
1: Awesome. I love it. Very cool. And and you mentioned the Los Angeles chargers, the one of the tough AFC West division rivals of the Denver Broncos there. You are super high on the chargers, like you mentioned. In fact, there's a couple of player props that you like. You have Justin Herbert. There's an over-under of touchdowns at 28 and a half. There's Keenan Allen over-under touchdowns at six and a half. Um, One of the things that caught my attention was just a very basic looking at last season. Both guys exceeded that last year. And then 2021, we know that now we have a 17-game season. Strikes me as really weird why... They're gonna. Why they put their over under as a lower number than what they did just last season? So, uh, what what were your takeaways on that? Is that why you were like, I like that bet?
2: So was it was one more of the to things. It? No, so it was one of the things that caught my eye. Um, but one thing is, if it seems too good to be true, it usually is. So you got to dig a bit deeper. It, I, when I say it's if it seems too good to be true, it usually is. That's on the surface. If, if you do your research and you feel really confident about a bet and you think you have an edge, obviously place that bet. But if you're just looking at a number and saying, oh, Vegas made a mistake, I can absolutely guarantee you Vegas did not make a mistake. You did. So for Herbert and Allen, I think it's sort of, it's obviously correlated that it's your QB one and your wide receiver one. I think the loss of Hunter Henry is the big thing for Herbert. I think, I know he is always injured, but I think in a lot of of the public's mind, it's like, all right, he obviously can't throw as many touchdowns if he lost his second best receiver. In my mind, that's not that. Doesn't make much sense to me. Um, Jared Cook is not Hunter Henry, but they replaced him with someone. Um, and he's still going to throw the ball. It's not just because Hunter Henry's gone doesn't mean that he's going to stop throwing the ball in the red zone. That's still going to exist. They're just going to find other ways to get other guys to football. Um, the other thing is the sophomore slump. That's a real thing, of course. But it's also something that people blindly bet against. Um, if you look at Kyler Murray, I think Kyler Murray, well, Kyler Murray is the best quarterback from the class prior to Herbert's. He had a 30% touchdown increase year over year. He had 20 as a rookie, 26 as a sophomore. So the sophomore slump doesn't apply to everybody. The guys who are really good figure it out. They get better. It's it's not a blanket statement that everybody goes through a sophomore slump. Um, And then the two other things that are sort of, again, low-hanging fruit that people don't do their research on, new coaching staff. People automatically pick up a new coaching staff and like, oh, there's going to be a learning curve. It's going to be a slow start. When you go from Anthony Lynn, the three of us could – jump on the sidelines and it's an upgrade to the coaching staff. Okay. So that's a positive for both, for both of these guys. Um, and then the other thing is, is Keenan Allen's injury bug, which I still don't get. Um, he missed what I think he met, he played nine games between 2015 and 16 and he hasn't played less than 14 games in any other year as a pro. So this injury bug thing has stuck with him and it's really only because of a year and a half's worth of injuries. So it's just this perception that's surrounding these guys And <clears throat> Vegas knows that you know the public is this is a, it's it's on Twitter. People are always talking about it. People aren't going to do their research. Their research, they're going to kind of cling to these low hanging fruit tidbits and nuggets, um, and sort of bet the opposite direction. So, in my opinion, I think there's positive aggression for both of these guys. I think Justin Herbert's going to grow. I think he's a thirty touchdown guy. Um, I, I know some. I'm not one of them, but I know some people who place money on him to win at the MVP at plus two thousand. Um, I wouldn't advocate for doing that. I think it's a nice price, but I still don't think he's going to win the MVP. Um, and I just think that these guys have an electric connection, and I really, uh, I'm just high on the Chargers as a, as a team. And if they're going to get where I think they're going to, yeah, these two guys have to be good. Absolutely,
1: go bolts.
0: That, that kind of goes hand in hand. Oh, sorry. No, you I, you a, got, that's all. That's all I got. Go bolts. <laughs> I, I love it. Like, you know me. I think we uh, all root for. <laughs> I took yeah. Herbert and Keenan Allen in the Scott Fish Bowl, so I got those two boys stacked <laughs> in the SFB. So unfortunately, I also have Cam Akers. Uh, so that's unfortunate. But you know me, like
1: them Rams. Aaron, g- keep going. Yeah, and and one of the things I want to mention too is like uh kind of that correlation to like uh people that 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 read and follow Roto Underworld know that. We're all super big on stacking, stacking and best ball. So like, I I like that in, in your, is it live yet? Or is it an upcoming article? I I hadn't seen any notification that it went live, but like it's part, these were the Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert are part of your player prop bet. And I I like that you targeted those two, because it makes sense. If you're taking the over on Herbert, take the over on his number one weapon
2: exactly it's it's exactly right it's exactly the approach i took um and there's there was a lot more stats for allen than there were for herbert obviously herbert's been in the league for one year um but i thought keenan allen was severely underutilized in the red zone last year he was 18th in the nfl in red zone targets and yeah there's about 100 200 receivers he's still in the top x percent but keenan allen is huge keenan allen's a weapon he shouldn't be 18th in the nfl in red zone targets and that's that goes back to what i was saying before with that coaching staff did not know what it was doing, getting its best players in football. And I think this coaching staff was hired because the plan was, you have to put your best players in the best position to win game. So again, you know, um, it's just like little things like that, where it's like, there's no way that they, that they can possibly be put in a worse position to win. And, and again, we'll probably touch on my win total bet and my playoff bet for the, uh, for the Chargers as well. Um, but yeah, that's a big part of it.
1: So, and I know there was a lot of pro pro Chargers and, and speaking of Keenan Allen and, and a dynamic weapon there. There's a young guy. There's a young guy out on the on the West Coast as well that that I think in, in a few years will will start. He'll be like Keenan Allen in that like year after year we'll like him in fantasy football. Will be one of those high picks. That's Mr. Brandon Ayuk. And for people on Twitter, I I had to I had to do. I, it was a little preview of what we'd be talking about. I put a little poll out there. It said, tell me how you feel about Brandon Ayuk in 2021. Ayukin or Ayuken. Ayuken. Ayuk. Or I, I, Yuk. And so far, I think Twitter's pretty smart. About 80% are Ayuken. And there you go. Th- there's a player prop for him. There's 875 and a half receiving yards. And you took the over. And I'm I super did. excited because that's one of my guys from last year. I'm going to hand it over to you. Tell me what you yeah. like, because I know people are going to go, oh, but George Kittle's back. Oh, but Devo Samuel's back. But you are planting your flag on this, and I want to hear this.
2: And that's exactly why. So I think this total, I wrote in my article, which is upcoming this week, that I think the total is 100 yards, about too low. And I think the perception is Kittle's back, Devo Samuel's back. There's not enough targets to go around. Well, the Panthers won five games last year, and they had three receivers with the 850 yards and 2,000-yard receivers teams can do this in today's NFL. It's not, there's no, there's not enough targets to go around. Brandon Ayuk had 96 targets last year in 12 games. That's a lot of targets. And he only caught 62% of his passes because he was catching passes from Nick Mullins, who looks like me, Um, (laughs) (laughs) or I look like him. He looks like me Um, and other backups. And I guess Jimmy G for the first few weeks or, or whatever. He's going to be catching passes from Trey Lance now that I expect that catch rate to go up from 62% to what 65 at minimum, 66, 67%. He's going to catch more passes. And if he plays the full season, he's on pace for over a thousand yards. Hmm. He had what? 780 yards last year in 12 games. That's in 17 games at 1060 yard pace. I just think it's too low. I think that I, I think exactly what you said, Aaron is what the public is thinking and saying, okay, kiddo's back at full health. Debo's their number one guy. I don't think Debo's the number one guy. I think Ayuk's the number one guy. Um, And people are going to smash this under because they think there's just not enough targets to go around. It's too high of a number for three receivers to hit. And I don't think so. I I really don't think so. I think this is a a really, really sharp bet to take the over. Um, You're trusting a really, really smart offensive mind in Shanahan. um, And you're trusting a guy who I love. And uh, we talked about before in Trey Lance, who's going to get him the football. Um, Yeah. uh, Another, you know, another thing I have here is. Um, he had 90 targets. He had over 90 targets last year. There was only one other player in the NFL who had 90 targets and played less than 13 games. And that was Sterling Shepard. So Kyle Shanahan likes to get him the football. He's mm-hmm. going to get him the football this year. And I really think this, this is far, far, far too low
1: love it love it i mainly because the nickname are you like it's just perfect <clears throat> it's just perfect and i'll have yep. you know like player profiler absolutely supports that they, in their projections you were talked about you know probably about 100 yards uh below what it should be and player profiler they i got some smart dudes running some numbers doing some projections they have them for 936 yards so yeah, yeah like in that range like yeah yep. like probably they're their projections closer to what you're saying of like it should be a hundred shorts more. So I love it. it Ryan, be. You, hey, you, yeah. You, oh, sorry, Ryan. No, you got I, anything uh, on this one? You you join the IUkin fan? You're not. And oh, I, oh yeah, Iuken. Good, Dude, good. I
0: even until Trey Lance takes over. I mean, Jimmy G's not god awful. He's a step up from Nick Mullins and them and them boys. So I, I mean, I'm. I love Ayuk, and it, I made a trade Cam Akers for Ayuk in a dynasty league, and that's just that. Some people I know, a lot of people are like, "Hang on, Akers, he'll be fine." Let's see how Marlon Mack does coming back from the same injury. I in dynasty leagues, I, I hold on to running backs for a very short period of time. I know how shit works, and so as soon as that injury year two, I'm like, eh, what can I get from Ayuk? Okay, yep. So there you go. That's my thoughts on Ayuk. Now we move from the the west to the east talk a little nfc east there's a couple of teams that you seem to like in dallas and washington and i must say we do as well for fantasy purposes tell us what you like about them what you expect for 2021 some bets you like give it to us for the nfc east
2: so for dallas Full disclosure, this article was written on August 1st. Dak had no shoulder problems at that point. So That's true. That them. does throw a wrench. <laughs> I, I love them at that point, but um, let's use the case that he is – he MRI comes back clean. He is healthy. I love the Dallas offense. Um, I think there's two bad teams in that division that they play four times, the Giants and the Eagles, that they're going to beat up on and score a ton of points on. Um, I think that receiving core is ridiculously dynamic with Lamb, Gallup, and Cooper. Um, and I think, I mean, I think people are also sleeping on Zeke. I think Zeke is still a guy who should be taken in the top five, seven of of fantasy drafts. Um, I just love that offense. And I think 1500 is way, way, way too like high, long of odds to have on a team who's favored to win their division. Um, I uh, taking them to go to the super bowl at plus 1500 is something I did. I'm not saying they're my pick to go to the super bowl. I'm just saying it's a value play they should be okay. way they should be way shorter odds the seahawks are plus 1000 the rams and the 49ers are plus 650 there's three teams from the same division that are all grouped in this pack right that is a mis- that is an actual mistake those teams are going to beat up on each other and there's no reason they should be packed together mm-hmm. the bucks are plus 275 There's no value left there and the packers are plus 600 if you take the packers at plus 600 I'm not going to argue with you betting against Aaron Rodgers I'm an Aaron Rodgers guy I'm not going to argue with you but like I said that that Dallas offense is way, way too good to be plus 1,500 to win the NFC and make the Super Bowl. And the other team you touched on was Washington. And I, you know, I'm a Giants fan. Right? I'm going to say I love Washington. I really do love that defense. I love what they did on offense. I think they upgraded, upgraded the receivers. Mm-hmm. Samuels, I, I love the Samuels McLaurin. McLaurin's been taking on double, triple teams and still catching 80, 90 balls a year. I think that's going to take a lot of pressure off him. Um, I even think Adam Humphreys in the slot is a guy. Like, I know he's not like a dynamic receiver. He's just your typical slot guy. But I think it's someone that can finally plug in who's not like Steven Sims Jr. or Cam Sims, someone who can actually like run some of those, some of those underneath routes. Um, and I think Fitz is actually, you know, Fitz isn't really perfect for anything, but I think this is like a sort of a good fit for Fitz where he doesn't like with Miami last year, he was good when he played with a good defense. I think this defense is going to carry them enough where Fitz can kind of just like do his thing. If he turns the ball over, like he's going to, the defense is going to bail them out a lot more than his teams in the past have. Um, I love this defensive line. I think the defensive line is the best in the NFL and I think they have one of, if not the most dynamic defensive players in the NFL and chase young. So I just love this team. I think they're severely, severely undervalued. Um, you got to remember this last year was Rivera's first year as the head coach, right? They finished the year five and two. I know that division was a joke. I know a lot of people were making, you know, NFC, NFC least, NFC is the worst division, whatever. They finished the year five, you know, last seven games, they won five of them and they lost to the bucks by what? Eight points. Nobody else besides the Packers lost to the bucks on that playoff run by that. Right. Day. Sure. And they did it with t- Taylor Heineke. So that team comes to play. Ron Rivera is a good coach. That's a good defense. And I took them to make the playoffs. I took them to make the playoffs. I, I forget what I got them at. I think I got them at plus 135. Yeah, at plus 135, I took them to make the playoffs. I, I think there's room for them. There's three wild card teams. I know there's, mm-hmm. you know, I, like I said, out West, those teams are going to beat up on each other. One of those three teams, in my opinion, is not going to make the playoffs because that's such a hard division. Um, right. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just high on Washington. Um, and like I said, if Dax, if Dax MRI comes back clean, that Dallas offense is going to be insane. But Washington, no questions right now. And I really like them.
0: I love Washington too. And I, I like the offense, the defense. Uh, I feel like you left out my guy, Logan Thomas, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll forgive you. But it, Adam Humphries is interesting because I'm actually a fan of Adam Humphries. And I remember back when he was a, a free agent and people just figured he'd go play with Tom Brady and the Patriots. Cause he's a little white dude. And, uh, and, and he ended up in Tennessee and I actually had him in a few dynasty leagues. Cause I thought, Hey, they could use some receiving help there and uh, nothing. So this is an interesting one. And you read reports that Fitzpatrick has kind of got a little bit of an eye for him. So that's good news. I dig me some Adam Humphreys. It is funny that, he didn't want to go to the Patriots because he was worried about how long Tom Brady was going to be there, which it sounded like an age thing. But regardless, Tom Brady is no longer there. No, he just won a Super Bowl with Adam Humphrey's original team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kind of funny.
2: Yeah. So, it's funny how life works, huh? Right.
1: Uh, Aaron, did you have anything to add real quick? Well, and just one more thing, too. Not only... Is Tampa Bay Humphrey's former team, but it's also Fitzpatrick's former team. They were right. teammates in Tampa Bay. It <laughs> all comes true. full circle. That's it's, right. <laughs> no wonder I forgot about that. Well, it's easy. I mean, Humph- I mean, uh, Fitzpatrick's played for. Uh, he That's played true. for a new team every two seasons, <laughs> so true. it's hard to keep up with all the all of his teams. Honestly, I had forgotten. I think until the the preseason game for Washington. And they happen to mention that. I was like, that's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot.
2: Mm-hmm. And nobody's mentioned Antonio Gibson, and that guy is going to have a year.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Okay. From the NFC East to the AFC East. You got the Buffalo Bills in there. Seems like you're thinking some easy money, man.
1: Bills Money's over 11 easy.
0: wins. Win the AFC East. Now, I do got to say, I like what they're doing in the AFC East. I like what the Dolphins are doing. I, I could see what the Jets are trying to do. You know, the Patriots are going to start getting back in it. I actually really dig some Mac Jones. I just think we're going to see a lot more him next year and we'll see a better Patriots team next year. But yes, for this year, unless there's some sort of cataclysmic falling off the cliff the buffalo bills are the cream of the crop exactly easy money uh the pat pats under nine and a half wins i like that as well so uh yeah the afc east all together you got some easy money there i agree which what you got to say
2: so Buffalo, I think the mis- the common misconception around what's going around with Buffalo is exactly what you said is that everybody improved. The Patriots had a massive offseason. I thought it was a little bit of a misguided offseason. The past, the Patriots had a massive offseason that caught a lot of people's attention. The Dolphins have been everyone's darling. They were everyone's darling last year. This team's going to be better next year. They're going to be better this year. They, of course, got better, and the, and the Jets couldn't have got much worse, so they got better. The problem is none of them got better good enough to challenge Buffalo at the top of that division. You can get better all you want, but they're still not good enough to hold Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to go what four and two at worst, probably five and one in that division. Um, I and think the been... Dolphins
0: could maybe take them once.
2: Exactly. And I, and I think we're on the same page there. I, I don't, I mean, I don't think the Jets are going to challenge them. And then, like I said, I, I just don't think the Patriots offense is going to be able to keep up. The Patriots defense is fine. I don't think the Patriots offense is going to be able to keep up with the Bills offense, which is the second best offense in the NFL last year. Um, and they play the ninth the ninth easiest schedule in the NFL this year. For a team that good to play the ninth easiest schedule in the NFL is a huge, huge advantage. And then, you know, speaking of huge advantages, fans are back. And, like, does any team benefit from fans more than the Buffalo Bills? Probably not. Maybe the Chiefs. Vikings are
0: pretty close, too. I yeah, the Vikings
2: say. are pretty close. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as was the case with Dallas. Like, I know I, I took the Bills to win the AFC and get to the Super Bowl. Everybody's going to be like, well, but the Chiefs still exist. I get it. Again, it's a value play. They're plus six fifty. Right. Um, they played the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game last year. Of course, they're very minimal fans. They play them on Sunday Night Football in Week Five this year. So that's two primetime spotlight games against Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. If they make it to the AFC Championship game again against Kansas City, there's just going to be no shell shock factor. There's going to be no, you know, bright lights, spotlights, any of that stuff. They're going to be ready. There's going to be there even if they lose. They lost one even if they lose in week five they're going to be more prepared and this is a team who can score with kansas city it's just about getting that key stop on the road and like sort of controlling the clock so again like gun to head am i going to say that the bills are a better team than chiefs probably not but at plus 650 it's really hard to pass up a team that's this good
0: i love all that shit i, I really do <laughs> i yeah. didn't know they had the ninth easiest schedule that's fucking insane
1: okay aaron did you have anything that uh, it's it's always important hearing about these odds because yes it's like as you mentioned on the surface it's like what you're taking the bills with the Chiefs exist but mentioning like plus 650 is huge that's Good. huge I I did not realize that they were that it was plus 650 for the bills that I think people would safely say are the second best easily the second best team in the AFC and really not that far from no from the chiefs really not that far No, they, and the
2: chiefs goals. defense is scary in a bad way. I know they improved a little bit. Like I know we've seen Deandre Baker making some news about, you know, in his first preseason game. And I know that the chiefs, but that defense was not very good. And that Bill's offense is really, really, really good. Oh, and you touched on the Patriots. I didn't touch on the Patriots. Patriots under nine and a half wins. Um, yes. Like I said, I thought their offseason was a little misguided. I, th- I think they're trying to recreate what they had with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, obviously by signing the two tight ends. Um, but I just, I think you hit it, hit it on the head when you said Cam Newton's going to get some snaps this year. Mac Jones is the next year. They're going to be good next year. Um, and I think that number is really high because people are like, I'm not fading Bill Belichick. I'm not fading the Patriots. The Patriots aren't going to have a losing record two years in a row. These aren't the same Patriots. These are the Patriots going through a transition. And I think that number is high because people have that conception of there's no way. They're the Patriots. So taking the under there, again, I believe it's at plus money, um, is just the way to go for me. I just... I don't think there, as was the case with the AFC West. I just don't think there's room for three teams with a winning record in that division. And I think the dolphins are the other team that gets the winning record with Buffalo.
0: I agree. And you heard Bella, we heard Belichick last year. I mean, he was, he was talking about how they sold out to win as many Super Bowls during that stretch as they could. And it wasn't going to turn around and be great all again. after just one year, like, I think they're on the right path. I kind of like what they're doing. I think Bill loves him some, some Janu and, and I, I think they'll get Henry involved too, but I really think it, it, it's, like I said, it's going to be a matter of uh, what's, what's Mac Jones look like. And if he's the real deal, this is going to be, you know, an interesting second half of the season for them, but otherwise it's a more looking forward to next year. Yep, and when when you're looking
2: forward to next year, you're not going to have a winning record. And this right. taking the over here means you're going to have a winning record. So another reason I like the under. Yes,
1: and that process made perfect sense to me. I know initially when I looked at that, I was like, man, I don't know about the under. I, and I I know it's because it's I'm conditioned. It's the the yeah. Patriots. It's yeah, like, exactly. They're, they're going to have a winning season. And, and, you know, it's like they do have John U. Smith, and he could carry that team until, you know, and carrying the team led to him spraining his ankles. So, so now I'm very much on board. But, like, I like that you talked about there's three tough teams in, in that division that could, in theory, have winning records, but it's so rare that three teams in a division have a winning record. And I'm with you. Obviously, the Bills and then the Dolphins have been trending in the right direction for two years now, while the Patriots have been going in the opposite direction for two years. So yep. yeah, that to me that after you explain that it's like yeah that's yep. easy money I know when we stop recording I'm gonna <laughs> put put some money in on some of these bets because I feel yep. confident that it's gonna maybe I do this massive parlay no okay no I can't do massive <laughs> parlay you, you'll you'll lose you'll lose all your money doing that but yeah, you know sure. I feel like putting some bets in I feel with all this uh, input from the yep. betting expert right here, the the betting expert of Dynasty Wonderland <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll take that title I, that, hey,
1: that we can make some it. good money.
2: So yeah, there you go. I mean, I, and, and one thing as a closing note, I guess to be careful of is that extra game, it, it giveth and taketh away. So for teams like Buffalo, that extra game it's like, wow, they have an extra game to gain that, that 11th, that 12th win to hit the over. But you also have to be careful with teams like the Patriots where a lot of people, like you said, you're conditioned to, to think the Patriots are going to win. So in a lot of people's minds, like, Oh, the Patriots have an extra game. Of course they're going to get that 10th win, but no, that's also an opportunity for the Patriots to lose. So you have to sort of like strike that balance where are, is this a good team who's going to take advantage of that extra game or is this a team who's sort of middling, might not make the playoffs, who's sort of in sort of a transition, who's going to take that that extra game and instead lose it? I
0: like it. I oh, do too. Always a fantastic podcast. I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. We, we sponged it up, didn't we, SpongeBob? We just sponged <laughs> it all up, all that betting knowledge. That's a good stuff. All right. Love it all right any final thoughts from either of you gentlemen
2: no sir just a big thank you to you guys for having me on appreciate it um and looking forward to uh chatting with you guys uh throughout the season
1: hell yeah
0: that'll be awesome and uh thank you for joining mike we do appreciate the man the myth the mike that's right we were definitely excited to have him on thank you everyone for joining don't forget, mjwags23 on Twitter. Check out Mike's stuff. YouTube oh, bets. player. YouTube bets on wow. Gridiron Experts. Check his stuff out. You know where to find me and Aaron? Until next week.